0: sana bhavatu sana bhunaktu sahviryam Good morning, good evening, and uh, welcome. All right. Today's icebreaker. So, as usual, right, every time you know we read a chapter in Gita, I find something in Vishuddha that connects it. So I'm going to chant uh, stanza, uh, I don't remember the number, okay, stanza 21. Stanza 21, I'm going to chant for you guys today. And talk about uh, one particular namam which is connected to the chapter what we are reading. Okay, so ch- stanza 21 goes like this. So the word supernaha, okay, uh, is the word that I'm going to uh, talk to you about today. So supernaha. Is, actually means it's it's it, the word basically means bird that's all it means right but then the context is very different in in vishnu sashtrama when it comes right so uh, the context is su is good parna is wings so that's how it's that's the birds so in vishnu sashtrama it says that there is a tree a mythical tree and in the tree there are two birds dva suparna okay and there are two birds sitting on the tree, and there is one bird, among, uh, one of them, which is just watching. It's watching everything else. And there's a second bird, which is eating all the fruits, berries, which is there in the tree. And unfortunately or fortunately, these two birds, the one which is watching, the one that is eating, they can't be separated out. So these are like, you know, only for representation purposes they, they say, but these are the two tied together and one is watching one is eating and why is that relevant right so if you look at it if you look at the description the uh, symbolism of it the tree symbolizes the life the samsara what we have okay and in, and the two birds symbolizes one is the the supreme atman the the you know undiluted uh, unlimited consciousness and the second one is the one which is assumed this body and mind, the uh, the uh, the reflected consciousness that we have, or the ego, what we call it, right? So the ego keeps enjoying the rest of these uh, things on the on the tree, but there is this other entity that's always looking and watching it. So Suparnaha means that entity, which is uh, which is there in this uh, tree of tree of life, you know, not only giving giving that uh, uh, the entire root. You know, the tree of life doesn't exist without the consciousness. If, if the consciousness is not there, no, there's no tree of life. So that, that is a root. At the same time, it's giving credence to somebody else to enjoy that fruit so the, uh, in the tree of life.
1: So
2: Rajesh, is, is this the same metaphor that we, we have in the Bhagavad Gita? It's, it's
0: referring to the same thing exactly it's a, it refers exactly to the same thing the tree of samsara the ashwatha tree that we talk about in this particular chapter is exactly this the same thing and it also comes in um, it comes in multiple upanishads and i think krishna just basically plucked it from different upanishads and put it in here if i remember right this is being this uh, uh, this uh, this thing about the birds and uh, the tree is talked about in uh, Kathopanishad and also in uh, taittiriya upanishad i don't exactly remember but i could be wrong uh, but, uh, i think that that's what it is.
3: That's I heard it in Mundaka also. Because that's oh, the you
0: only did? one. Okay. I, that's the only one I've heard so far. So, okay. Yeah, okay. It's the same concepts that uh, keep repeating with different emphasis in different Upanishads, but then Gita is like summary of everything and then they say, okay, you know, this is what it is. Right? You know, you if you read this, you don't need to read any other Upanishads. That's how it is. Yeah. Now you know just just to push a little <laughs> further, right? The next next name in that thing is Suparno, uh, Bujagottamaha. Okay, so it says that it is uh, Bujagotamaha. So there, there's another word called Bujagotamaha, and the reason why it is uh, used there in the context, uh, the way Adi Shankaracharya interprets that is, see, think about Bujaga. Bujaga, uh, Bujaga means shoulders. So if there is a if there's a being that moves on shoulders that is called as bujagota bujaga 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 okay and what the thing that's supposed to move on shoulders unlike feet like what we have is a snake the snake moves in in on his shoulders that's that's what they say it, right so and if you look at how the movement of the snake goes the snake goes in a segmented thinking a segmented way you know just one step at a time like this like this now in our progress in the spiritual path we also go in a segmented thinking you know one step at a time we keep on clarifying our own objectives and there is at a one point of time when the bird, the superna, eats that uh, uh, that segmented thinking, that the person who is doing the segmented thinking, it is consumed by that superna. because you know a bird is a natural enemy of uh, a snake. So all these names are given to the to the person because it just to show that you know within us there are two two different people, one is the real, one is the apparent, and the apparent will go away sooner or later. I really enjoyed it. You
3: know. Hey, uh, one question that uh, I, I had uh, I have had for a while is the question of why that apparent thing has to exist, right? Why should it not just, I mean if if Atman is it's basically um, the ultimate. Why would the ultimate want to uh, mess around with something that is not, uh, that's like, that's given the freedom to do something, free will, and those things, and then made to come back? It's, it's, like, a, it's like what we say, right? Leela, kind of thing.
0: That, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, uh, the way that I have understood this is, you know, you can't, you can't blame somebody else for having created this Leela, because you take the analogy in the dream, right? In the dream, who has created that all those quote unquote entities and who's created that Leela in the dream, in your dream or my dream? We created it. Who enjoys it? We enjoy it. Okay. So who's there in that, in that dream? It's nothing but you. But it is segmented thinking there, right? I'm just using the same word that I used. And, so it's, we already think that the dream is, you know, the person who's sleeping and the person who's, uh, the, the, the dreams are different. We already have thought about it. <clears throat> Therefore, the person in the dream is different from the person who's sleeping. Mm. But actually, it's the same person. It's just that one entity of it has come, come out there. Yeah, I know you
3: clarified it before, but uh, now whenever uh, you clarify, it's very clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's very clear. Yeah. Thank you. I have to
0: keep telling myself that. Yeah, and no, I think that that's the most important <clears throat> thing because we we always end up making that uh, mistake and assuming that you know we are somebody else whom we are not, and. That is the that is the spiritual path, right? For us, for us to start progressing on it.
4: <clears throat> One thing uh, you know that struck me when I was reading this chapter, um, you know, especially you know something that Alpana keeps uh, repeating quite often. That you know, you keep asking the question. Um, uh, Just take anything that any thought that comes to your mind, and then keep uh, you know kind of peeling the onion, going to the next level, and uh, reach a level where you know you are. uh, I mean, it is without a form or a uh, you know name, you know, and that you know what you see is awareness. And exactly, I think that's what is mentioned in uh, you know the one forty fourth page. Actually, I mean when I was reading that. Uh, I keep uh, I, rem- I remember that because Alpna keeps uh, referring to that. You know, just take any thought, just keep you know peeling mm, uh, the onions, and then uh, reach a stage where you are without a name or a form, and what remains is uh, basically the awareness. I think that was good. So one other thing that you know, again from a, um, you know, again from the same chapter. And we, when the discussion goes on uh, uh, regarding the uh, samsara tree, um, the birth and death, you know uh, uh, that cycle when we are be, that is being talked about, you know, see the the the, the human uh, the human being or the manusya Janam, you know, so that seems to be um, that seems to be the one that acquire that does all the karma, right? I mean, everybody, all other forms of life will only be an experiencer. Uh, they only experience what has been, um, you know, acquired or, or accumulated, uh, you know, in this manisha Janma. So if that is the case, you know, what is the, uh, I mean, uh, you know, how does somebody, uh, I mean, how uh, do I say you know, how does a plant comes in? Like you know, if a plant or an animal or anything which is not on the um, you know the higher consciousness or high something higher than the human, uh, the Sikh, something which is lower than one, especially those uh, inert ones. So does it mean that you know? So they, they they were born as first. I mean, everybody is first born as humans. They do some karma and based on the uh, bad karma that they do, so they get kind of demoted into a. Uh, an inert kind of a thing and then in which they again so they get rid of the karma and then they again come back to human and if they do uh, something good they kind of move up is that is that how it is or uh, I, I i'm sorry you
0: know maybe a stupid uh, oh, that's a very well, extremely well articulated question and I, I can tell you it's one of the very difficult answers I don't know how to answer that but let me let me try to explain my understanding i think it's again it's only an illusion, Maya, you know, going back to what al keeps saying, right, it's, it, it does not exist, we think, we think that, you know, trees, trees are there and, uh, you know, uh, humans have evolved from trees or, you know, there's, a, there's an evolution in the intellect and all that stuff, but in reality, you know, the dream doesn't exist.
4: <laughs> yeah, but, but suppose, suppose, like today, you know, in this genome, okay, I do all bad things, suppose, okay. So, definitely I have to experience that whatever I have done, the effect of that, whether it is good or bad. So, let's say I have done only bad things in this channel. So, definitely there's no point of, I will not, I'm not going to become a uh, you know, a Deva, Devtar, uh, you know, Deva, a Gandharva, you know, that kind of a thing, I'm not going. So, I will be, I will go, I will get kind of demoted. Either I I may again you know, take Janam as a human being and go through the uh you know the uh, fall you know so that I will go through it. But suppose I have done enough bad things that you know I'm born as a you know a tree or a born as a uh, you know a dog or something. So uh, I don't do any you know in that genome I don't do any karm right I mean I there's I only go through I mean I, I have to get rid of whatever I have done in this. And then probably I'll become zero. And then again, I'll become, I'll be born as a human. Is that how the whole thing goes? Like what, I, I'm, I'm, what I'm asking is, does it always start off? I mean, everybody, uh, I mean, you know, the, the part of uh, the reflected consciousness, you know, does it, is it always first happens in the, as a human being? And based on what you do in that, you know, you go up or you go down?
0: No, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very good question, uh, Sakuba. I think what I'm trying to say is at one level, at the, at the highest level, the way that I have understood is all these things, whatever that you have described or whatever that we're discussing and everything is does not exist. Okay. But at the same time, since we see that it exists, you know, maybe there is a the quote unquote, a theory which has been created to explain how the whole universe works. Because first of all, we are saying the universe doesn't exist, but people don't want to believe it. When, when they don't want to believe it, now, the scriptures have created this enormous uh, uh, story, which explains a plausible theory. Let me put it that way. Okay, if if that that uh, helps helps you, a plausible theory so Kuba, is that this is how it should
5: work. So, Kuba, what I remember from my childhood is that there are some eighty-four thousand uh, life forms, and and depending on you know how we do in this life form, we could be just circulating among those uh, 84,000 forms. I don't know who has counted that or whether it is true also, but that's what I remember from my memory. Um, So in that sense, you know, uh, it's unclear whether you start as a human or you start somewhere else. You could be actually a deva who has been demoted to a Gandharva, then to a human, then to a dog, and so on and so forth. But that doesn't really matter as much as much as what matters is that you are just going through this uh, life cycle continuously. That's how, at least, I have understood it.
0: Absolutely right. Absolutely. And and uh, it's a, it's a good, you know, the way that V.P. Rajesh explained, you know, think think of the words what he was using. You know, it will go through continuously. It's like a endless samsara. You know, that is what the tree of samsara describes. Actually, saying that that is what it is. You think of it, you imagine it, and that is there you know you really like matrix right you know it's there already
6: No, i had a, a question a... yeah Take
0: sorry go ahead go ahead, go ahead
6: Ajit. okay see this uh, what vp was talking about you know in i remember in hindi you know it used to say Charasi lakh yunia. i don't right. know if it was thousand but i don't know some of this word lakh is still 84 lakh yeah. yunia. So Oh
5: no I'm no you are right you are right it's 84 <laughs> lakhs
6: yes yes yeah you <laughs> 84 lakhs so uh, ike, you know, ye kisi mein likha hai kya? is there any scriptural backing to this? Or it is just, you know, our grandparents talked about it? I don't remember this. So, you know, because see, uh, you know uh, Gita Press Gorakhpur, you know, and uh because you know my mother's side is from Rishikesh and Sargashram. So there was a very big big uh bookshop of Gita Press, you know, in Sargashram. Yeah. So, as a kid, I used to pick up and my dad used to subscribe to a magazine called Kalyan. Okay, I don't even know if any of you have seen it. And as a kid, I remember beautiful, you know, I would say like, not ISKCON level, but a shade below that. That level of pictures used to be there. And I can still remember, you know, people being fried in a karai and all that. You know, the puppies. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know and it's talking it's it used to publish this magazine called kalyan and they used to say that you know your papi logo you know this is the kind of punishment they'll go through so this is and i'll just say two three things and of course we don't have to because we'll, we'll digress from the topic but since uh, you know this came up one is this charasi lag second point is see uh, as all of us you know we will have some you know i'm just using a term i can't give up, like muslim friends Okay, so I have two very very close Muslim friends in my company and I found them to be really great human beings and I sometimes talk to them and they said, there's nothing after this, you know, and they are still, you know, and they're not, they're not terrorists, they're not talibani, they're really good human beings, they do good karma, they try to help people. So this is the, you know, when you read, you know, across religions, you know, that... uh, You know, they say, and third question, you know, just a corollary to what Sakuba said is that the sigma of all the atmas should be always constant. You know, otherwise, God, why is he arbitrarily trying to break one atma into two? So, sigma of all the creatures, you know, should always be the same, whether you know, uh, humans came first or the creatures came first you know this is a question i am at least not with this i mean i think when i was in school that time from this that time i haven't got an answer to this you know sigma same hai ki nahi agar wo tod raha hai to god new tod raha hai usko matlab atma ko gaya. sigma, so, hi, so, nahi <laughs> sigma <laughs> hi nahi hai wo sirf ek hai udhar wo sigma hi nahi
7: let me answer, answer
6: a few sigma of see I, I am saying yeah sorry yeah alpha just let like, I'll, I'll just complete the question what i'm saying is if we say sigma is not there see frankly speaking uh, of course one aim is moksha nirvana but i think if you see mahavir or buddha or any of these guys they they came out of unbearable suffering you know so any of us who works in the animal side you know i've recently got associated and you see the amount of suffering that animals go through you know well, just a stray dog which has been run over maybe howling for 20 hours and then dying I'm just taking a very you know, and I've seen many of these with my own eyes. So I'm saying agar why mithya hai, to much pain hai. Then we can just say big big deal, hai. let him cry, you know. Some truck went over him or an idiot drove a car rashly and ran over his two of his feet and his backbone is crushed. So mithya hai. but what I'm saying is that even if it is one, the point over here is that you know we have we are doing good karma you know, whatever, following all the types of karma yoga and this yoga, ultimately for what? You know, A, to conquer suffering and B, you know, to maybe find happiness and third is, let's say, to get nirvana. So, I'm just saying that if this theory that, you know, you get the mind goes to the next jhan and you go to an animal world and maybe then you again come back, you know, so let's say I had 100 negative karmas and I went to, you know, Lak, you know, minus one birth. And then I came. Then, then why did I? Why was I born like a human being? That means I'm starting on ground zero. You know, or suddenly God said, i minus fifty hai. Minus fifty ka count to settle ho gaya. minus forty fifty se karo. I think this part I don't have any. You know, because I I have not read the scriptures, but I haven't found any clear answer to this. Uh, sorry, Alpna. I, you know, said I spoke quite a lot. Yeah, please go. No, no, no. Please go ahead.
7: No, because actually I have read quite a few Kalyan. In fact, my mother-in-law still subscribes to it. So, she's a staunch (laughs) reader of Kalyan. I read only a few parts of it, but she would read, you know, front to back. So, it is a very popular magazine, especially in North, actually, I've seen. Most households, if they are religious, they will subscribe to it. It costs like, 24 rupees for full year subscription. It is dearth cheap. <laughs> um, I didn't know it's and, still on. Uh, but I thought it it right. is still on. And you can oh, get online cool. version of it. So you can oh. go to geetapress.com and you can actually subscribe to the online version. Okay. Uh, the first question was lakh uh, yonia. It is just a big number. Uh, so it's, ju- it's just to represent that there are lots and lots of yonia. Now, it is not in a I'm just giving you, you know, what I have understood from various shastras. Um, It is not a ladder. So you don't climb to 84 lakhs or whatever that number is and then get the human birth. Now, what we have in our bank balance is such a huge number of good and bad karmas that in any birth, you can actually get any yoni. You have enough good karmas, you have enough bad karmas. And it is never that in this human birth, you will make your good karma zero. No, you will be left with enough good karmas to actually have N number of human births even after this. For that, Krishna explains in chapter eight of Gita, when you die, whatever is your last thought is the next birth that you get. God never decides what your next birth is going to be. But, so you take other, you may take other yonis if there is a, because, you know, he has to fix in all the combinations possible of different, if the karmas we have with different people. So imagine if you just decide on one birth, the whole Srishti can be created because that, person will have, okay, you pick up few karmas, then you need to create, okay, this person needs to eat this, 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 so these, these, these trees, so these, these, these fruits, or this person had some loan to be given back to that, so that person should be made a tree, that person should be made this and that, right? So in that sense, that is how the Srishti is created. God doesn't have any say in what he wants in terms of creating this creation, he always is a very partial and a standalone person. It is only the, the people involved who are being born, their karmas decide how the creation will be. In fact, there are many a times when there is a creation when there are no human beings. There are creation when there is there are no living beings. Only earths and planets are created in Brahmans. So there are stories of all type of creations existing, depending on what type of karmas are being picked up to be given fruits of, okay? So so, so, so that, that way I was trying to answer the question that Chaurasi Lakhyoni may not be the right number, but it is a huge number. And the karmas are never, never, ever created to zero. And then if there are infinite beings, even if you subtract some who get enlightened, infinite will be left. So, yes, no new jivas are created, but that is the definition. Imagine your own body more than the number of cells we have, we have microbes living in this body, which are feeding on our body. So, and then if you if you pick up one leaf, the number of viruses, bacteria, insects that are there. So you cannot even count the number of jivas that are there on this planet who have taken birth, and there are many fold more than that which are taking to which are waiting to take birth, because only when a particular situation is created, then they will be allowed to take birth. So it's an infinite number of jivas mm-hmm. in this particular reality. So we are still talking about yavaharik satta. Yeah, And this is how it is trying to explain to your mind that, you know, that question, because I have asked that question a few times. Oh, if people are getting enlightened, that means number of jivas are getting lower. But that's not the case because it is infinite and very, very, very few people get enlightened. So even if you take out that number, which merges back with that one Atman, Still, the number of jivas you will still call them infinite. Yeah. So, that was the second part. Uh, what was your third question? <laughs> I forgot the question, you know, the,
6: the you know, in other religions, let's say in Muslim religion, yeah, 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 yeah. that
7: them. one, but all but, religions they believe in afterlife, even though they say they'll not be a rebirth, they will still believe that that person will go to Allah Ta'ala and then Allah Ta'ala will decide what is the fate of that person? So yes, you can say that they do not agree in rebirth, but there is no religion which doesn't believe in afterlife. That's how Swami Sarvapriyadandaji answers that question actually. He says it is, so in a way, yes. So that is the judgment call. And then what happens? They don't talk about it, right? But it is similar (laughs) to then what we are saying, right? Yes, there is one life. And after that, there is a judgment call. <laughs> so, so yes, in a way they do. In fact, Jewish believe in what we say. Uh, if you speak to proper rabbis who have read the... Uh, because I listened to that Gita symposium and he clarified, actually, even Jewish, Jewism or Jewish religion has the concept, you know, of... Uh, uh, reincarnation etc but it is not popularly spoken about but there is no religion where you will find they don't consider afterlife where there is some judgment based upon what you've done and hence that just forces uh, forces people to live a dharmic life because they are answer they feel they're answerable to somebody or their karvas are answerable to something.
8: So so Alpana, this question, follow up to that. Um, So you're saying if you in your Manusha Janma do all good, I mean, pretty much all good, your next Janma could pick up the negative bank balance from previous life and you could be anything. It doesn't need to be a a new Manusha So that
7: goes back to the eighth chapter. If you are doing good karmas, you will have good thoughts. In fact, you will have better thoughts and when you die, the thoughts you will have will be to get a better world worth.
8: That Except be for
7: unexpected. the Jod Bharat case, you know, which I had once mentioned the yes, yes, thing yeah. we got, but those are very rare. If you have done good karmas, your tendency will be to have good thoughts, and that's the whole practice we have to do while living, even if we don't want moksh. To the prayers, why do we keep our kids' names as God's names? Even by mistake, we will call God's name while leaving this body, and we will yeah. have a better birth next time. Awesome. And I think awesome. that's yeah. traditionally why we kept, you know, all our kids' names as uh, Ishwar's name or Pitru's very, name, meaning so any of the, the, the
8: things. Very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. And, and in and in some sense, then the whole sort of uh, Darwinian, fact, Darwinian. Sorry.
7: Yeah, you know, no. I was just saying. So in that way, it not even your next birth is decided by god you decided while leaving the body yeah. what your next yeah, birth will be yeah
8: it's your thought which matters at, at, at the time that's of passing right. away that's
7: right and
8: so i am just i'll just, just a comment i mean it just feels like the whole sort of darwin sort of Darwinian, uh, thought process is somewhat sort of unidimensional if you will uh yeah because yeah, they talk about sort of you know in it. <laughs> yeah yeah i had that like argument
7: a... with my kids and i I, I shut up. <laughs> I didn't want to misguide them because I didn't have. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but um, that
8: that looks like you're looking at it from one sort of one sort of point of view, but it does, it misses the whole holistic right. picture that the Gita kind of captures. Okay.
4: Yeah. So so um, uh, you know, I, I understand you know that each chapter uh, thing and because you know you mentioned about this earlier too that you know if you die, you know somebody says you know, if you think of a dog and if you, if you get too close to a dog and you think of that at the time of dying, then probably, you know, you will be born as a dog, right? So, uh, till that point, I can understand. But, uh, you know, how do you explain um, uh, things like, you know, how, why would somebody think of as a, a microbe or a, you know, or a plant to while dying, you know? so how would, think it's uh, more
7: uh, of the qualities, not a particular species. It's more of the thought that you have, what you want to do. You know, I want to take revenge or I want, so so they are mainly revenge like species, right? So I'm not saying that you particularly think about a species and you're born like that, but it's more like the quality, what you're thinking, what you want to do. Uh, So if you have deep regrets in life, um, then you may be born like a tree.
5: So well, now somebody the- wanted to become a COVID or something.
7: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I was uh, thinking the same thing. <laughs> I I know, people must have thought the population of world is increasing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm crossing the boundary, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, but isn't isn't I mean that is so beautifully explained. Isn't this uh, an extension of the sort of let's say the art or law of manifestation that whatever you know we we think can and, it is. and do that's how we become. Uh, it is indeed. And, yeah. And 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 actually, I was just you know the other day because I'm you know in my case right now I found out sometime on I think Wednesday that my father had uh, he was he was shifted to hospital on uh, <coughs> Thursday yeah Wednesday they found out he was COVID positive. So I was just kicking myself. But what is this? You know, my wife has had COVID positive now. My parents and. But then the other side of that is that you know we have the ability to do things for them. And I was actually listening to on my one of my last walks. I was listening to Swami Sarvapriyananda's lecture, and he says, you know, that we we kind of overthink this karma business in uh, in his talk, and that the real essence is to find the relevance. And I think Velma, you mentioned that, and Rajesh both mentioned this, is to find the relevance of the context in which. This that law of karma exists. The context is far more important than the law itself, um, and 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 knowing that you know we want to do karma, which is which is without 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 associating with the fruit of that, um, and that's how you you imagine, um, and and you know that that context sets us free to 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 think regardless of what you want to do, you know. So uh, you, 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 that's, that's, that's my takeaway from what you've just said and what I've, what I've heard. Actually, yeah,
7: just, just to end it, what I wanted to say was, this was the whole thing that I explained was an intellectual exercise to explain how this world is working, but it is all Mitya. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It really doesn't exist. So what exists is just you and it is just an appearance. And in the appearance all these things happen and in appearance in the sense it's like normal chemical reactions happening yes the flow is going from one place to another yes there are laws of physics and it's all happening automatically um i think as a consciousness it is happening within that so that we are that big space in which everything exists uh, so yeah you rightly pointed out the relevance of it is is yes use it to intellectually satisfy it answers a lot of questions why some people are born the way they are born why some people have a different you know upbringing etc etc it helps at least you know it, it helps you stay away from that confusion so that you can focus on finding who you are so, so I would just, uh, yeah, sorry, end at that. <laughs> you,
8: Thank you. You, you repeat this. You repeat this very often, Alpana. I mean, about the fact that it's all mithya, <laughs> and uh, you, you're probably right, and not, you are right, uh, <laughs> but just so hard to interna- internalize that that concept, right? It's just the fact that you know we are like just a sort of imagination. Ajay,
7: because we try to look for that, we feel that mithya is the snake in a rope, which does not exist. But we don't look at the ornament in the gold is also Mithya. So I think I have started using more of the example for myself. (laughs) Uh, The gold and the necklace is a better example because you can see it. Um, The rope and the snake always puts you in that confusion, what you are rightly saying. How can it not exist? No, it exists, (laughs) but it exists. Yeah.
8: No, but... no, no, no. And and no, you're right. You know, you're absolutely right, Alston. It's just that you know because we've kind of just been trained to believe that we are all this body and mind. It's just kind of the whole idea of this being a, a mithya mythia or a imagination or whatever is just. I mean, scientifically very hard. as
7: well.
8: Yeah. These are all and, and, just and, and, waves. And, 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 yeah. Just no, and actually, waves. You know, you, yeah. No, absolutely. And you're repeating it and kind of reiterating it is actually very very helpful.
7: But uh, uh, why would we imagine bad things to happen? Like, you know, if everybody... Don't we,
0: actually? Don't we? Why do we imagine a dream? Yeah. Uh, No, Manoj, uh, the question, actually, it's not about why, but do we or don't we?
7: No, I mean, bad things happen, right? I mean, there are a lot of bad things that happen, uh, both, you know, to us as individuals, as, as well as all over the world, you know, and on the macro scale. So if it is all imagine then why would we imagine bad things is,
0: first of all why is it called bad or good that's also another question that we need to understand i
7: mean bad in the <laughs> sense that it brings pain or suffering right
0: what is pain let's go back go, go back to the question of <laughs> you know this is all you know see the whole thing that we are intellectualizing here is the big description of samsara you know because you cannot get over that that's mm-hmm. the, is, de- is defined using the people tree where apparently, you know, even Swami D says in the book, right? You know, it will grow wherever it is, but it has an end finally.
2: Hmm.
0: So whatever that you can think of, conceive of within the, you know, uh, the intellect capacity is mithya, is part of this particular tree. So you cannot, you cannot ever reach a conclusion just by uh, uh, intellectually, you know, ABC equations, if-then-else statements. Mm-hmm. We cannot do it. We cannot determine what is this uh, Maya is all about. That's why, you know, just switching topics, you know, I know Krishna is not there. Artificially intelligent beings can come, but you know, will they be conscious? Will they be aware? Probably not. Never.
1: Well, uh, to 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 Manu's point, uh, Manu, uh, Swami and Nanda, actually said this in this lecture that I talked about. He says, you know, this focus on a, he, he gives a he gives an example of this this monk who in training who you know goes to goes to his master and says, I can't help but think bad thoughts, uh, in spite of knowing this. So he says, okay, you know, just keep practicing. And as you practice, here is a bowl of, here are three bowls. One has black pebbles, another has white pebbles, and the other one is empty. Just put, you know, depending on what thought, if you have a bad thought, put a black pebble in. If you have a good thought, put a white pebble in. And mm-hmm. sure enough, we know initially the bowl was more full of black pebbles, but then over time we saw that white pebbles started dominating. It is, it is once we, the way that's at least explained that made sense to me is the, the one, one when we have, some people have a natural tendency to think either more positively, more negatively. But with training, once we have the context, then that comes around over time with practice. As we, you know, you're headed to a bad situation and say, it's actually really not that bad. So I was contemplating that, to be honest. I mean, you know, um, when I wrote to you guys, I was sitting in business class in in BA and I'm thinking life is not that bad, actually. Fine. I've had COVID in my family, you know, since the start of the year and my mother and parents. Let's, Let's see what
0: happens uh this is also part of life and so vivek what you're saying what you're saying is that is the the acceptance that you started understanding and ac- accepting it in your own life right and that's the beauty of this uh, knowledge what we are learning th- together right that's the that's it says that yes, there there could be you know contradictory poles apart uh, situations but you'll start accepting them as part of life yeah Okay. One thing that I had in my mind, which Raji, when you were ask, answer, asking the question, uh, when Alpana was answering, I, I remember this, just want to tell you. So 84 yeah. lakh, you know, I just want to close that loop. And it'll, it'll be there in the back of my mind if I don't close it, that's why. So uh, there is one there is one very famous uh, uh, Sukta, which goes in all the Vedas, called Purusha Sukta. Okay. So I think I may have mentioned it, you know, if you go to any temple, when they do Abhisheka to a male deity, they sing Purusha Sukta. And in that uh, the Purusha, the the the, the, the omnipotent being, he is described as Sahasra sah, um, Shirsha purushah That's how it starts. Okay. Sahasra shirsha purushah means that one who has thousand heads. Sahasra is thousand. Mm-hmm. Then it says Sahasraksha Sahasrapat. Then it also says that he has thousand eyes and thousand feet. Now then logically we'll ask this question. Okay, if someone has thousand heads, then he should have two thousand eyes and two thousand feet. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is, like what Alpana was explaining, it's probably just a, quote unquote, an indication, indicative number to say that Sahasra means infinite. So infinite heads, infinite hands, infinite eyes. That means he's everywhere. That's how the description is in that. Yeah, thank you. Thank
6: you, Rajesh.
3: Hey uh Guntax, uh, can you explain the second one again, please? I didn't uh,
0: which, which one? Which second one? Sahasraksha Sahasrapat. Yeah, okay. So Sahasra Shirsha Purusha, Sahasraksha Sahasrapat. Yeah. Okay. Sahasra Shirsha is Shisha's head. So someone who has thousand head. Literally. Okay. Literal Sanskrit translation apparently is that. Yeah. Then Sahasraksha Sahasrapat. So he has Sahasra Aksha. Aksha is eyes, thousand eyes, okay? Then Sahasra Path, Path is Pada, Pada oh, is feet. Okay. So Sahasra Path, so thousand eyes, thousand heads, uh, thousand eyes, yeah. thousand, thousand feet. Now that's like not normal for us to visualize because we, you know, one head, two eyes is a kind of visualization what we have. But that's not, the, the reality is, you know, you have, to, you, you have to visualize it as someone who is everywhere. Okay, who can walk everywhere, who can see everywhere, who can think everywhere and that's actually the description of the unlimited being
3: it's interesting the the reason i asked was uh, this was the first thing that i learned in, as a as a kid when i went to the temple yeah and uh, maybe maybe the uh, you know the priest or the pujari explained to me but i never digested it <laughs> Yeah, I guess the next lines, if I think about it, I'll have to go and uh, we'll we'll discuss, uh, I mean, we'll look into it separately, but the next line looks like it talks about the universe and everything. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. And actually, you know, uh, sometime back, Alpana, you were mentioning, right, uh, that there will be universes where there are no beings actually you know uh, there is a in the in this description of Purusha sukta it says the first the the worlds are created and then the inhabitants in that world are worlds are created because you know you need a space for the inhabitants to quote unquote you know uh, multiply and grow so there is a particular point of time in the creation where the only the worlds exist no beings exist but then the beings come into it i mean it's all a description to help us intellectually understand or at least make sense but Mithya, finally, the tree of samsara
1: is GDP. Is GDP Mithya? I'm GDP just kidding. I'm, I'm, is, is GDP this GDP this is my attempt at a joke. Actually. Gross
0: domestic product, you mean?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> GBP,
1: GBP, Great British Pound. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> no, no, GDP, sorry. GDP. GDP. Okay, okay, sorry. Gross- yeah. Yeah. It is. GDP
3: is definitely Mithya because.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you're, you're, talking yeah, you're talking about sigma. You're yeah. talking about
0: Sigma. No, but uh, my attempt at humor. My... Sorry, I just, I sometimes, you know, I go on a single track, Mind, I forget what, <laughs> what somebody else is saying. Yeah. so getting back to the book right uh, in terms of uh, you know um, maybe you know i think after this um, the brief uh, discussion that we've had on the creation and everything does, does anyone want to share any of the insights what they have seen in this particular chapter that we read especially with respect to you know the description of the tree or you know how the how the uh, how how you can make significance of you know, how to use that symbolism in our own life.
5: So Rajesh, I, I couldn't understand the inverted tree. Um, but then I just said, let's just move on and focus on the bigger picture. Uh, otherwise, I will never get through the chapter. I thought it was very confusing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, actually, uh, that that's the reason why I asked that symbolism, because the inverted tree you know many Gita books you would actually see that they they would have used a tree with the roots on the top and all that there are different interpretations to how you know people interpret the one interpretation that uh, swami Paramatmananda says is that it's not actually an in- inverted tree okay it's it says that uh, it's it, the the roots are invisible right and and it's it's the base because of which the tree grows and that's how they interpret it. And just because they're, they're invisible doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And in, in our mindset, you know, we always have that the, you know, there is some higher being up, up somewhere, right? So visually, people represent saying that, you know, the root is there up and then the whole tree grows down like this. That's how people represent it. But actually, that's, what, that's not what it means. It's just a representation to showcase, you know, in our mind, how we perceive the higher being we are. Nobody will perceive the higher being to be below the ground. right?
5: Yeah. And and I think just going back to what Alupna was saying, that's why uh, I always fall back to this uh, very good example of saying that this is a huge dream. Uh, and, and you know, like the way uh, she was describing about Shrishti and all. So to me, everything that you can't comprehend, I just give it to that the fact that it's a dream, and therefore you have license to create whatever you want to create. So when you're talking about one-eyed God or one-eyed, uh, or one-legged God, etc., sure, you know it fits in because it's somebody's dream, and, and one accepts that, then life becomes easier to just focus on ultimately the Atma or uh, Brahman. Absolutely, well said. And
0: and on a
4: lighter note, uh, VP, you know whether it is the root is up or down, anyway we have to cut the tree. <laughs> I think that's that's. I think that I think that's the objective anyway, right?
5: Well, uh, it's actually trees, as I see it, but that's not very PC in these days to cut the tree, especially in Delhi. <laughs>
0: You know, but but just stretching that same argument, VP. I know we should not cut trees, but you know, we but we are not using a real axe here. We are using the axe of detachment here to cut this tree. I
5: know, of course, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah,
0: <laughs> of
5: course.
1: Actually, actually, I have a question about uh, the progression of life which we were discussing earlier, which, which has, has been, comes and goes in my mind, which has just come now, is, is, is actually the regression. So one senses the simpler the life form, the less karma it has. So if you take the, the example of a small fish that eats plankton, uh, the, the only real purpose that small fish serves is getting eaten by a bigger fish if you take the example of a grass-eating deer which gets eaten by a lion, you know, the the, the thought that keeps going in and out of me is that the simpler the life form, the closer it ought to be to uh, sort of uh, mukti or nirvana or moksha, whichever way you want to talk about it. Any thoughts on that?
8: So,
4: why do you say it? Uh, you know, it atti- uh, it uh, you know, it attains moksha. You know, it just you know, the purpose of that particular uh, Shariram is over, and you know, it's it's gone actually, right? I mean, they it moves on to some other form later, right? It doesn't
1: no, attain moksha. Actually. To the extent that there is a logic in this progression, see, as human beings, we have choice, uh, and and together, you know, what we do is we basically plundered this as imaginary it is, we plunder this nature. Uh, a, a, a deer or a small fish doesn't have that ability to do that. You see? Uh, so so the karma that they're creating is, is far lower than what we end up creating as human beings. So to the extent that if you, have, if, so if you look at it, if you go from a small, you know, a, a simpler form of life to a more complex form where we are, and we are the ones to go, you know, from here we go and get moksha, it becomes a lot more difficult. It's a lot, ought to be a lot easier. I mean, there's something wrong. There may be something wrong in the way I'm thinking about this, but it may be a little I, easier yeah. if you have lesser karma.
7: Yeah,
1: I I maybe wrong. Uh, I may be wrong. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, Sapuba. No,
4: I was just saying, you know, I may be wrong, uh, you know, in my understanding, but I you know uh, a deer eating a you know, a plant, uh, you know, I don't think it acquires any karma. Does not. So, you know, it's only when you are doing something with, I mean, you have a mind and you have an intellect and you are doing something with an intention, expecting an output, you know, I mean, I think that's where you acquire a karma. So that's how only humans, you know, acquire the karma. So the uh, fish eating something, uh, or a deer eating something, I don't think it is uh, part of the karma acquisition, I think. Is, is, it, is my understanding yeah. right? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, thinking the same thing and I, I was going back to Alpana's uh, mathematics, which is it, it's infinite and the, these things probably add or subtract even less than the human uh, amount. Of karmas because it will be very very less.
5: Yeah, and I think the they, chapter they are two, just of...
3: doing what they are supposed to do. So it's it's their nature, thing. basically. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, and uh, Vivek chapter two of uh, the book that we are reading, uh, Swamiji starts with that, that uh, you know animals are just instinctive and they don't have the, uh, as Sakuba was saying, mind to apply to. Uh, um, a particular task, or at least have an intention behind that task.
0: And, and Vivek, to, to take this further, right, this is a very important thing, what you what you said, and the way that it can be applied in in, in, in our own thinking style is as follows, right? The way that I that I have uh, understood this. In one of the lectures, Swamiji says that, you know, each animal, if you look at it, they have one particular characteristic. For example, you take a lion lion will be you know we can call it as ferocious or whatever a fox you can call it as cunning and things like that so you can have different uh, qualities that you can attribute to each of the animals they cannot exhibit any other quality other than that particular primary quality now you step back and think about an animal called human being think about the same person exhibiting those different multivaried uh, mental qualities okay Which means we are a sigma of all those qualities. Now we suddenly have the choice and the ability to exercise the right quality or the wrong quality based on what we think is we have to do. That's the reason why we start acquiring this Papa and uh, uh, Punya karmas. Because we are, you know, it's like an all rolled into one chameleon kind of a thing of what we are, right? From a mental perspective.
6: I just want to add a perspective to what uh, Vivek asked, you know, so I had asked one of the, you know, the head of Ithcon temple at Chapati, Shubh Bilas Das, now of course, he's gone back to corporate life. So I'll just share a very personal uh, episode. I lost a pet, you know, i had taken it for a walk and I was a little distracted, you know, and uh, it just ran away and a car ran over it. And I was like, out, you know, completely gone case for many days. And then I asked him this question, you know, and I took very detailed notes. So he said very clearly that, you know, I said like my lack of attention killed him. And it was a very painful death, you know, just car going over it right in front of my eyes. So he says, he, you know, in uh, like you gave very good example of, you know, the small fish being eaten by the large fish or, you know, the deer being eaten by the lion. But what he said is animal in any form, you know, he says they cannot add any new karma. I mean, I don't know whether it's right or wrong, but he says, new <laughs> karma so this is one perspective, but I have still not been able to digest it because I'll give you another example. Now, there are two types of stray animals. Like you just take example of dog, just to take it further. You know, you feed them. So there'll be, let's say there are seven of them. So one guy will, you know, shoo everybody else away, the powerful one. And he'll say, I, I'll eat everything. And there's another one who will say, nah, nah, you know, so, would you, you know, I don't know whether one will ascribe that to the nature or, you know, we can forgive the dog who's more, more aggressive and doesn't let others eat. So, that's a, I mean, I'm giving a contradiction. So, I didn't digest that example fully, but he was very, very persuasive in saying that, of course, you know, you may have some past karma and that's why this happened. But animals, ka ana jana, like, you know, human beings is very fixed and there's no additional karma. I don't know if that helps, you know, so yeah. I don't know if that's true or not.
3: Hey, uh, and and just want to add to that, and we are talking only about this planet. So there will be so many others. Uh, going back to what Alkna was saying, there may be other worlds where a lot of other things are happening also. which we are just not, you know, we don't
0: have a clue about. Yeah. I think the whole idea is this tree of samsara is such a huge tree, first of all. And if we begin talking about it, we probably will talk all through our life and maybe multiple lives of multiple people. So there is no way that it can end, ever end, because... It's all part of our, you know, uh, imagination or within our own conception, right? And that's the reason why it is so unlimited tree, but it can always go away if, if we realize that the tree doesn't exist because there's something else, which is reality and the rest of the things is not. And that's the path, right? And. Uh, The the one of the key takeaway for me is that, okay, how do you go out beyond the tree? You know, you cannot say, you know, like what Rajiv, you uh, very well articulated. You cannot say the tree does not exist. It does. Okay. For me, at this point of time, it does. Therefore, you got to use the tree as an aid to get over the tree.
7: Actually, even when you are enlightened, this tree will still exist. It's only when you will leave the body, it will not. So till this body exists, this world will very well exist. Absolutely. But it is just an appearance. That's the thing that we need to keep in mind. And from the appearance also, it has name, root, nam, root, and viva, name, form, and some use. But I think it's the attachment which Rajesh keeps highlighting, which causes the problem.
8: Yeah, he talks about, uh, the, you know, Swamiji talks about uh, a Sangatvam, a which I think is ultimately kind of goes back to the rest of the, I mean, the, the, the various kind of thoughts in the Gita around, uh, you know, Vairagyam and doing the right thing and understanding the reality. So in, in a way, sort of this whole tree of samsara also sort of represents a kind of summary of, of what we've learned uh, in the previous
9: chapters. Yeah. Yeah.
8: But I have to say, I mean, this whole uh, chapter, the way yeah. it's been laid out, I've read it once. Actually, on. uh, I've read it twice, but I I just need to kind of rehash the whole thing in my head once more. Uh, I think this conversation is quite helpful, actually. Mm.
0: So you know, maybe so Rajesh,
5: not... uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Rajesh. Um, So I I just wanted to uh, go off a tangent and uh, connect two things. One thing you talked about in this morning's presentation, the exit from that uh, circle, right? That in the last slide you talked about exit path. And then what Alpna said about, you know, very few people getting enlightened, right? So if you put those two uh, together, Meaning it's very, very challenging to get out of this uh, samsara, right? And going back to this tree, uh, which is the topic of discussion today. So, you know, why, why is it so challenging? And that's the question, you know, I, I was thinking about uh, that. Why is it so challenging to get out of it? And why, why is it, uh, you know, and why does it take so many births to get out of this, to find this exit path, essentially? and to your favorite example metrics, right? Where is the exit in the whole metrics?
0: Yeah, so uh, VP, you know, I, I think the, the way that I have uh, um, understood this in my own mind, right? Think about a pitch dark room, okay? Now what we are trying to do is we are trying to take a small mug and trying to empty the darkness from that room, okay? But that's probably not the right way. You know, if we keep on doing that in the same way, we'll keep getting the same results the darkness will never go away from that room you have to light a lamp darkness to go away the 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 technique is different than the technique that we are used to doing it and i think the management they say right you keep doing the same things you'll keep getting the same results that's what we are doing
5: And then, so then, Rajesh, that begs the question, which I've asked previously also, then if it is so difficult, then why, why does, why did the creator even create Maya, right? So that, that question is still very unresolved in my head that, you know, why there is Maya? And yes, on one way, you can say that, yes, it's all a dream and therefore, you know, don't worry about it. But Ultimately, if it is so difficult to get out of this uh, Chakra view, if you will, um, then and that's because of Samsara
0: slash Maya, then why did the creator create that? So, uh, uh, the, the the answer to that question is very straightforward. The creator created that because you are the creator. You have created it. It's just that you don't know that you are the creator. You are struggling with it
8: there's
1: if I may Just interject for a second, actually, is relevant in that uh, again, Swami and He's talking. He's, you know, you you've all have probably heard this already. Uh, he's talking about Swami Vivekananda's, Vivekananda's uh, uh, sermons, and and he he mentions this in the context of that. Why is why do we see the universe as dual? In maya is basically we see it as dual rather than when, when it is non-dual. Uh, so, so he says, well, you know, the question, the, uh, the biggest question is exactly as you say, that that even even monks who studied Vedanta for a long, long time have, is why do we still perceive? Why is there duality? Um, and and he says, well, Swami Vivekananda said that the question is wrong. Um, uh, now, he says, that's where he leaves it, but it's, it's actually, one way to think is that it's not dual. It's, it, you know, God has not created duality. It is, it is somehow a reflection in our mind that that, that happens, and then mind is also not real. So, he says, and that's why he says, like, you know, to think of ourselves as separate, to think of karma too much, uh, is, is, is not really the right focus. If you just leave it at that—that that, you know, karma should be, um, karma should be non—you uh, know, should not be looking for result—and that actually, it's really understanding of the context in which karma exists. Um, that in itself is sufficient uh, for most of us. Yeah. So that's how you know. I found that very, very sort of satisfying
5: to to hear that. You know, Vivek, I have heard that too, and uh, um, you know that's that's a good explanation. But uh, the the whole challenge that I find is still that yes, on one hand, you can argue and comfort yourself saying that you are the creator, and therefore, you know, yeah, it's it's all in your mind. But then, why do we talk about this exit path, and so few people getting nirv- moksha, nirvana, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera, right? So there is a there is a conflict, at least in my mind, between those two different ideas.
0: No, VP. When we when we say what the creator, what we mean is, we don't mean the mind as a creator, VP. We mean, you know, that entity. Okay, let me just step back. It is a mind which creates, but but the finally the 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 path of exit is also for the mind only. It's not, it's, it's for the mind to realize that it's all, you know, the experience is what it's created. I think, Kishore, you forwarded one article recently, right, about that guy, uh, that scientist who came to the conclusion, that CERN scientist who came to the conclusion. I think if I, when I read through that article, it, 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 it writes, it, they, it, they say it in very clear terms, right, the whole universe seemed to exist in, in your mind, you know, how do you know when the chair or something is there? It's because in your mind, you are experiencing it. Otherwise, you will not know that it is there or not there. So by extrapolation, the entire universe is what is reflected in your mind. And therefore, the way that you reflect that in your mind, if you change the way that it reflects, then perhaps you have a different reality, alternate reality. But maybe Maybe that's a a topic we probably will have to park for some more time i guess uh before till it you know gets a little bit more uh stronger and we we develop a better understanding because you know uh, we may not have all the quote unquote right tools at this point of time with us
1: sure sure
7: hey rajesh i posted a question in the chat when we read through this chapter I kind of got confused with the word Atma and consciousness interchangeably used. Um, Maybe if one of you can explain that, that might just uh, get a better understanding.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, um, I I don't recall exactly which uh, uh, part in the the book that you were talking about, but uh, the way that uh, normally people use the word Atma or Paramatma or Consciousness or awareness—they they use it interchangeably. In the context, it will be different. For example, the the consciousness is only one. When that consciousness is referred in the context of, uh, let's say, my body, my mind, then it is called as atma, okay. And when it is referred to in the in the uh, context of the universal consciousness, it's called paramatma or the universal consciousness. So. So the difference is. So there's no difference. It's just that what's the point of reference that you're using?
7: Okay. Okay. Thanks.
0: Like maybe another example would be like, you know, look at the space, right? You know, suddenly the room that you're sitting inside, the space here, but then you say the space within the room, but is that space within the room the the room qualifies the space, okay. But the space is not different from the space outside the room, but but the room suddenly seems to have qualified that this is different than the rest of the space uh, outside.
8: So can I can I ask a, a slightly fundamental sort of question, going back a little bit? Which is uh, sorry, which is uh, around, which is around uh, you know, Gyanakanda is the Up- Upanishad, right? Which is the uh, summary of the Vedas, right? And then there is a reference in this chapter to Karma Kanda, which I've always uh, thought of as rituals, right? So does that does Karma Kanda Include the kind of day-to-day karmas as well? I mean the grahastha kind of actions, if you will, or is it only the sort of what I call the 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 puja or the ritual side of it? My understanding is it includes everything. Rituals? Anything which is not anything which is not jnana, which is on a day-to-day basis, is part of Karma Kanda. Correct. Hey, and actually, we don't sort of uh, and, and we don't sort of dwell on it, uh, you know. In the Gita, the focus is on the jnana side only. Is that is that? A no, that is to...
0: that, that is not true. That is not true because in, even in Gita also it talks about Karmakanda quite significantly, and it says that, that maybe you know maybe the book the book doesn't cover that in that detail, but there is one uh, couple of slokas that I recall where it says that you know don't go and tell people about this uh, knowledge. Okay, uh, about this Gyanakanda to people when they are not mentally mature right. enough to understand it because then they will get confused and they'll stop doing what they're doing. It'll mess up the whole system. And then, you know, it causes a lot of problems. Krishna says to Arjuna, say that you have to give this, give this Gyan to only to those people who you think are qualified it. enough to take it, right? Till right. Let them go through this cycle of karma.
8: Oh, You're right. I mean, there's a lot of emphasis on there's a lot of emphasis on karma, of course, and uh, karma yoga. So just, just a confusion in my head. Sorry, Rajiv, you said something. Oh, uh
3: I-, I was just going to say that uh, uh I've had this question very similar to yours. And the way Guntax clarified for me some time back, I'll put Guntax back on the spot. Uh is uh, everything is is part of karma yoga. You can you can think of it that way. Even sitting down to meditate is a part of karma yoga to get that yam. So, but in, in the Gita, he's he split it up that way to make us understand that karma yoga needs to be done anyway. So don't neglect it and go off and get totally confused. He does that. I think he does that in chapter. and then comes back and does it again in chapter 18 in the end he says okay once you've done all that stuff then now you could probably start you know true contemplation or nididhyasana that type of thing i don't know i might be mixing up the chapters but essentially my understanding is that it's it's all kind of totally interconnected you can't there's not like a compartmentalized uh, You know, whenever I say compartmentalized, I tend to say Western thinking. We always try to reduce it into pieces, but it's all kind of totally interconnected. Yeah,
0: and and uh, uh, you know, uh, Ajay, you know, one thing what I uh, I was trying to do some uh, research on this, but I could not, uh, you know, put to, put together. See the the sequence of chapters what Gita has, right? They're really, really, um, very, uh, I would say, logically aligned. Right? First, it's a problem statement. The next one is the solution given to them. Then I did not understand the solution. Then uh, Krishna starts from where I am. Right. Saying that you are doing kar- karma yoga. I'm going to talk to you about karma yoga. Now, okay, now I understand a little bit better about karma and karma yoga. Now I go to the next step, which is letting go of the fruits of action. Then the next step. Okay. Uh, now you're saying that, you know, uh, I can do action and this is the same as uh, not doing anything. So which is better, not doing anything or doing, doing action? Then uh, uh, Krishna again clarifies, saying that if there's a choice between both of them, you have to do action because that's the only way that you can get out. Because if you go out somewhere, your mental thought will keep on doing it and you'll still doing acting mentally, right? And that that, that does not solve the problem. And then he goes on further. Then he says... If you've gotten the knowledge, then you don't need to do anything, right? And if you are not gotten the knowledge, then you say, okay, there is somebody else who is somebody else called a creator. And then he goes off to the next six chapters saying that you think of that creator and you say, you know, that creator exists, the creator is there and he's helping me to do it. And therefore I'm going to pray to him. Right. And then after you mature over a period of time, then you say, okay, that creator and me are no different. But I see a difference. The difference comes because of my mental qualities. Therefore, I reduce my those mental qualities which are not the right mental qualities. And then you go on to that thing. It's such a beautifully aligned uh, thing. You know, I I really uh, like the way. I don't think I've done the research properly, but you know, maybe if someone, if anyone of you have, can share that sequence as to how logically it's tied in. That will be really wonderful.
8: No, you're exactly right.
7: Absolutely. Hmm. And just a point to add here is uh, it is not only for the seekers, even for jnani, how should he work? Till he has the body, he has to work. So karma oh. yoga applies equally to even jnani, even though they don't have the, the sense of doership, yet they have to work. I mean, till you are alive, you will keep working. So it applies equally to even jnani.
0: Wow. Yeah. Think about Sonic, right? He's like 86, yeah. 86 and I hardly see him sleep actually on the on the day last year when he came here. You know, two days, you know, he was like maybe 18 hours, 19 hours. He was fully uh, energetic. How is it possible? Mm.
8: Now the reason I asked this question, I mean, I, I thought that you know you're right. I mean, the karma yoga is integral to the learnings from the shastras, but at least a lot of people dismiss the karma yoga side to be ritualistic. Uh, I think that was at least in my mind a wrong notion. I think
7: yeah. That's karma khand. This is karma yoga.
8: Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, I, sorry, I meant karma khand. So karma khand is uh, kind of dismissed by a lot of people as just being ritualistic, which. So karma yoga is
7: overarching above karma khand where every action that you do you make it as a as a yagya so in that right. way it becomes yes. the karma khand but with a with a karma yoga intention so and just one more thing you mentioned that upnishads are the summary of vedas they are not they are the gyan khand gita is the summary of upnishads
8: Correct. I just but, wanted to. Bad choice of words. No, no, no. But I, like, <laughs> I, I yeah,
7: just.
8: No, no, no. But I really like the way you kind of uh, describe the karma Kanda and the karma yoga. Uh, that, that I think is really well said. I mean, I can't repeat it, but the fact that karma yoga is really overarching uh, yeah. is, is is a good point. Thank you. Hey, uh, karma, and-
7: karma yoga mm-hmm. makes karma Kanda as
8: Yagya. Correct. Yes. It becomes, yeah.
3: Hey, uh, the uh, the other thing that... Uh, sorry, Kishore, you, you wanted to say something? No, go ahead. Now finish your thought, please. No, uh, very quickly. Uh, when you said ritualistic, right, Ajay, uh, I think there is yeah. a very, uh, again, a, a limited view of the ritualistic thing because it goes back to at, at the time when these things were written, they used to perform uh, yagams and, and all these... Uh, Agni or whatever it may be right? and they were considered rituals but in day to day life everything is a ritual anyway That's, that helps me think yeah. through okay it is a ritual and it's part of you know what I do as, as karma, uh, karma karma no fair enough that makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
8: sense yeah. hey go ahead
1: I'm sure you were saying something
2: yeah, yeah. No, just a thought. I mean, I, I, this is one um, kind of question I've, I've had for quite some time, which is, you know, on one side, there is um, um, the the jnana, uh, the jnana yoga part, which is a lot of theory, right? And the Upanishad path is the path of knowledge. There is a, a lot of abstractions, a lot of theory, um, but it seems like you know we can go on and on about it. it it would be very you know and assimilation um it takes time and it's for uh, very few people are able to get over that and in the fact that even we spoke about today that very there are very few gyanis right who are able to assimilate that and go there uh to the um uh to the next level if you will um so uh given that given that most of us are not there yet Would would then shouldn't shouldn't the focus, not just for this class I and mean, this is just a conflict in my uh, my uh, head in terms of the confusion in my head shouldn't then the focus be primarily on the preparation aspect of it, which is to uh, get us to a point where we can start to even. You know intellectual go beyond the intellectual aspect of it right so. Uh, um, yeah, so on, I've also heard in other cases from talks where they say, "Oh, knowledge can bypass all of that, right? Because once you just once it clicks, it just clicks, and after that, it's it's uh, once you know it, then you uh, then everything else just falls in place automatically. But then there there's very very little chance of that happening in terms, perhaps I mean at least just going by what we know so far in the very, very little chance of that happening. But more often than not, we are where we are, right? Um, the world is real, um, at least in outside of the intellectual understanding, the world is real. Um, and we deal with problems. There is situations, there is um, relationships, there is stuff and whatnot. So shouldn't the focus then be primarily here and um, it seems like Vedanta seems to be more around the path of knowledge, which is the Upanishadic way, which is for sure. But then Bhagavad Gita brings it down a couple of notches into, the, um, into our lives as it exists today, in the middle of life, right? So that it can be mixed in our daily life as it, as it were, right? So, um, yeah, so the, the the question then is, is just knowledge enough? Is the question. I mean, if somebody were to say, "Hey, I'm going to just go to the Upanishads, gain that knowledge, and then find that exit," and in your, as you said in your presentation, exit uh, yesterday, is that even a possibility, or is it more around, "Hey, wait a minute, this is life, and I'm just going to focus on how I can make the best of this, right, and use this life." Um, its best ability and and the way I was thinking about this is um, how do you um, uh, like in uh, like in the last class we spoke about this the only thing that goes forward then is the subtle body and the mind um, as part of the subtle body so then how do I improve it given this life that I have right so I've been given something I came in with something I'm going to go out with that uh, with the subtle body that's the one that's going to go forward so how can I improve that uh, using the life that I have today right so uh, so when I look at it from that angle it seems to be more around the practical aspects of it uh, on how to uh, how to make that subtle body and the mind better right than what I found it how I found it and um, um, the I mean while I intellectually understand many of these concepts i am I'm, I'm unable to go beyond that saying that I don't know where that leads at this point because that's not where what my understanding is. Right. So I just always come fall back into this. Okay. I intellectually understand this, but this is reality. Right? And, and yeah, I don't know if I was able to articulate it well, but that's how I feel um, many of these things. I mean,
3: yeah. Hey, uh, Kishore, I just want to add one thing that, uh, that's been happening to me personally is, um, I don't think I fully intellectually understand it, like uh, perhaps uh, several, several of us here. However, there is some understanding, but with the more and more of this understanding, um, what you said in the end, right? Del, but we have to uh, be in the real world and operate in reality. Um, it's been removing some fear because I, Try to keep telling myself this is not really reality anyway. So let's take that fear off, you know, so s- slowly, but surely, Seeping uh, yeah, Seeping it's, it's,
2: it's like, so, uh, yeah, in, in other words, that is um, the knowledge part, which has to happen in parallel. And then there is life as it exists today that also has to happen in parallel so there are things to do in both sides is how i see it now, on one side there is learning of the scriptures and learning and let let that slowly simmer right let let that go in very slow fire let that happen um on the other hand uh you have things that are boiling inside the pot right that, you know and, and you've got to deal with that so um then there is the, the which is the practical aspects of this which is where um you know, the yamas come in or the fact that, you know, even everything from uh, eating in moderation or, or and the karma yoga part and everything comes in, in this bucket. And on the other bucket is the, the theory aspect of it, which is, which you let, let it simmer slowly, right? So I think that is a nice combination on, on one side it, it, that's how it seems to me that you can, you can combine both and let that go paddle and let it um, merge wherever it let wherever it merges, um, and um, yeah. Uh, but I've also heard other cases where this. Um, obviously, people have different uh, uh, you know ways of looking at this. So I've heard cases where they say, okay, just the knowledge is good enough, right? Because there's nothing once you know that nothing else matters. Th- that part I've not been able to uh, understand. But for me, this combination is what. Seems to be working. And I'm, I'm just putting it out there. So, in terms of, so I, I play down. Um, what do you say? Not play down. I, I see the the knowledge for what it is, and let it simmer and assimilate into the practical aspects wherever possible.
0: Yeah. And and, and uh, just to conclude, because we're already seven thirty-one, uh, Kishore, you said it well, and this this can go in multiple directions. But the, you know, I'm just going back to what the beginning of the, the today's GD that we had. Right? Suparna, the word the superna is a is a bird. A bird has two wings. Okay. And the in, in one of the descriptions it says that the two wings of the bird, of the human bird, one is karma yoga and one is jnana yoga. Okay. You need both to fly because you need to know what is your end goal and you have to go there. There is going to be some time in our lives where one wing is much more dominant, the other wing may not be that dominant. It may move to we move to the other wing being dominant at one point of time, but there is going to be a point of time when you will realize that uh, that, that last instant, that quote-unquote, that limitlessness that we will experience, will happen only when that the jnana, thing, okay, becomes so dominant that it says it it gets rid of everything else. So till that time we till that time we are flying. You know, we may think that the karma yoga. Is, is the much more dominant wing that's 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 perfectly okay because 99.9 recurring uh, set of people maybe that is what it is and we will have to do it we will do it nothing wrong right
7: right Rajesh I just want to add one thing that uh, um, just a piece of caution that as long as you're thinking with this mind you cannot say this is mithya yeah because mind is part of mithya
8: correct.
7: right the other way to look at it is, this is also me. It will force you to do far more than what you are doing even now. So it's it's just a piece of caution that you Absolutely. with your mind, you can never say this is Mithya. Yeah. When we say it is all Mithya, it's including the mind, body, everything. So that's something to think of as as an ultimate goal but till then if we are thinking with this mind we, we can only say okay that is also me so that's just just wanted to add that
0: absolutely and i think you know swami guruparananda uses this word he says you know how, how long does it take to uh, fill your stomach you know to be satisfied when your hunger to be satisfied. He says, you know, just an instant, you know, the moment you eat, maybe two two minutes of eating, your hunger is satisfied, right? But then for the two minutes of eating, what's the preparation time that goes on? Maybe for one hour, one and a half hours of preparation. So, you know, we went up doing that one and a half hours of preparation for eating two minutes and then, you know, being satisfied. So you cannot say that just the one, one and a half minute is the most important thing. The preparation is also important to, to Kishore's point, right? So that's uh, both, you know, depending on every person, right? We cannot say that. And uh, so each one will have to judge where we are and then based on that, determine what is the dominant practice What we have.
5: Hey Rajesh, before we conclude, um, I want to just point out that the second verse of the meal prayer shows up in this chapter that we read this time. Aham I don't vayshua know vayshua if you saw that. Right.
0: Aham yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. That's a beautiful prayer. All right. I think 7.30 from, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just checking if there was someone who has not... Uh, uh, Mahesh, not, uh, uh, said a word today. So just thought we'll check your thoughts and then... I
9: came late today. It looks like I came late today. Uh, so
0: I joined in the middle of the session. Okay. A okay. uh,
9: couple of points which I thought when we're discussing on Maya and other things which Raditya was saying, Viti was saying, uh, you see, I mean, we have to look at two levels. Uh, I mean, with the mind, however we talk, as Salvanar said, we are in the realm of uh, Maya only. So, I mean, how, how, whatever discussions we have on Maya, it will be Maya only. So, I mean, we have to put a Better gear. I mean, a gear up or a neutral gear to going in towards the consciousness level from the mind level. From there, Maya is what I mean. You can actually one can experience this that there is no world. Uh, one I mean, it can it can have a small glimpses one can have that world actually doesn't exist while doing meditation or uh, other things. I mean, I mean, I I have also read about uh, Bruce Lee, who I mean, who practices his art for almost 12 hours a day and he forgets even food and other things uh, taking his art to higher levels you know? that is why he is considered to be one of the great uh, I mean he has his own style of Kung Fu art uh, which, which he practiced for more than 12 hours now he understood that that is his life and he practiced it and he reached beyond the levels of uh, the ordinary man could reach I mean, in a similar way, we also have to understand. Take one Mahavakya, understand that, assimilate it, and then go beyond the mind, and then we can reach to a particular point where we can see that the mind and the Maya will not, doesn't exist. I mean, it can. Everyone can experience this in a small uh, glimpses during meditation as well. I mean, it, it happens. That is my personal experience per se.
0: Well said, Mahesh. Thank you. So, uh, we are already seven minutes, uh, uh, you know, beyond the time. I'm going to share the closing prayer. If you guys can see it, let me know. Are you able to see my screen? Should I make it bigger or something?
7: Yeah, we can see.
0: Okay. So, um, I hope, uh, you know, you you also heard uh, uh, the chant, what... Uh, uh, Chitra sang. It's uh, you know Alpana forwarded to us the Chitra's thing. I think that's really brilliant, and uh, we should probably uh, practice that. I'm really uh, inadequate to chant it. So what I'm going to do is you know maybe you know I'm going to chant it the way that I know it is, uh, and uh, maybe we can all uh, mute our mics and chant, and just to make sure that you know we are uh, 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 completing the chant, so that everyone knows the chant is done. I'm going to chant with my mic open, but uh, rest of us can keep the mic uh, muted and chant so uh uh so i am going to start with this one mm-hmm. om badam karne vishnu ya ma deva bhadram pasye Stirai Rangai stirairangai stushdwaagum sastanubi Vyashema Deva Hitam Yadayuhu. Swastina Indro Vruddha Swastina Pusha Vishwa Swastina Staksharyo Aristhanemi. Swastino Bruhaspa Tirta Om Shanti Shanti, shanti om tat sat all right thank you so much wish you all a very very happy diwali may the light of knowledge light in each one of us and uh, I think we will continue to mull on this chapter next week also, if, if you guys don't mind, because I think Maya is a lot of things to talk about. So we'll talk about Maya, and then we'll get beyond that. Okay, thank you very Sounds much. good.
5: Thank you. Thanks, guys. Are you? Happy, Diwali. Thank you. Are you? Happy Diwali. Happy Diwali. Thank you. Thank you. Happy oh. Diwali. Bye.
7: Bye. Thank
6: you everybody.